Hello, welcome to That Film Stew. I'm Luke. And I'm Jason. This is our movie show where we're bringing the latest movie and TV news. We've got an update on the Tar Nahisi Coates Superman movie. Blake Lively is heading to Netflix for a Dark Horse comics property. And the Monsterverse is set to continue. You'll be pleased to know we've got all the latest on all things Father of the Bride. But first... (laughs) Marvel Studios have treated us to a sizzle reel celebrating their upcoming movies in Phase 4 of the MCU. So let's get to trailer talk. This is Marvel Studios celebrating the movies with a voiceover by Stan Lee. And it is perfection. it's, It's magical. You know, we're at a time, we've been very fortunate here in Australia, but we're at a time where in the US, in the UK, cinemas are going to be opening again. And just hearing Stan Lee just talking about his passion for the characters, the experience, it's magical. <laughs> it's it's it amazing. When, when, when they dropped this like little video, I just thought it was like, oh, okay, it's another little promo thing, something nice, sure, whatever, I'll check it out. Um, but yeah, just that, that opening with, with, with Stan Lee's, yeah, you know, fine words. He's talking about, you know, we're a family, we're, a, you know, we, we come together, we share these experiences. Like he's talking, you know, he's talking about these characters in these films, in this franchise that they've got. But they're also talking about us, you know, like the, the film fan community and like the MCU fans. And it's, I don't know, it's emotional. I guess with the fact that we haven't had a Marvel, like an MCU movie, you know, since late 2019, you know, it's the longest break we've had, which, um, you know, which is, which I guess good timing because they, they wrapped up their, their phase three kind of thing, which again, the phases are just, they're not really, they're not real tangible things, but, you know, it's still fun to sort of follow. It's great to have this lead in to phase four yeah, and, and really just is. get excited and we're going to get Black Widow soon. We're getting back to the movies and um, go through everything that we've got in this trailer. Yeah, what we're actually talking about, it's a new ad from Marvel Studios. They're sharing all its plans for phase four, including a look at the Eternals and a title for the Black Panther sequel and more. The Eternals is set for release on November 5th, later this year. We actually get to see some Eternals. First, you get them in civilian clothing and then there's a quick glimpse of them in their superhero outfits. We've got Angelina Jolie with a celestial sword. That's pretty yeah, cool. Very, it's like transparent, translucent, whatever you want to call it. But who, you know, who was expecting to see Eternals footage in this random little video that Marvel I mean, just dropped? Marvel know what they're doing. I mean, yeah. it starts with what we know, Stanley. It shows us things we've seen. But yeah, no, I was surprised as well at what we got. And we didn't just get footage from the Eternals. Official titles the Black Panther sequel will be Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Kevin Feige has already confirmed the late Chaswick Boseman's role will not be recast. So this is going to be Wakanda without a Black Panther, unless somebody else takes on the mantle, like maybe his sister Shuri. We'll just have to wait and see. But Shuri, that makes sense. But um, you know, there's other characters going to. I still think that's. I know why they're doing it. I still think it is a mistake, though. They should recast the T'Challa character. I think T'Challa's Black Panther is is more important than I think. I think Chadwick Boseman would have wanted the character that he had a part in playing and bringing to life, continuing. But look, I trust that they know what they're doing and they've got something in the works. And obviously, it's coming from a nice place. All good. I just reckon have someone carry it on for him and, you know, take that character over the line. And again, his sister, it doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be the child. She's not a, she's not a warrior for the, for the black Panther thing in, in world, in universe, it's, it, it's gotta be some warrior that can really take on 
Umbaku. There are other characters. Maybe he. <laughs> Umbaku or Black Panther. Black Panther's girlfriend, you know, like she's internationally traveled. She's, you know, she's doing peacekeeping stuff. She's a warrior. Shuri's a scientist. That's where, that's what she I guess I'm be. thinking more of the comics where she did actually take on the mantle of Black Panther for a number of years. Yeah. But moving on from Wakanda. Anyway, cool title, cool title. It's, cool you know, title. it's the, it's the thing they say. Wakanda forever. Captain Marvel 2 now also gets the title of The Marvels. This is likely as a nod to the fact that Brie Larson's Carol Danvers will be joined by Iman Vel Arni as Kamala Khan after her Miss Marvel debut on Disney+, Plus, as well as Tiona Paris returning as Monica Rambeau from WandaVision. Lots of Marvels here. There's another Marvel not listed from the comics, Blue Marvel. Is an older, like golden age superhero. Maybe he'll appear. But for the time yeah, being, why not? <laughs> it's a lot of Marvels in. And hey, look, the, the S at the end of Marvels, it's, you know, Miss Marvel's, you know, signature sort of, um, it's a lightning bolt. Yeah. Is that what it's, you know, the lightning yeah, bolt? Like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. 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 That's, it's really cool. And, you know, when, when I, when watching this and I saw that, and, in my mind, I was still thinking, okay, Captain Marvel 2 is still a thing. I was thinking, is this the Marvel something different? I was like, are they building towards like a little mini crossover with these characters? And I was, and then, you know, you told me off air what the deal was. And it was, yeah, like, no, no, this is Captain Marvel 2. Guess the new title and there's going to be all these characters. So I was like, oh, I yeah, mean, well, it's, oh, it's it all an, makes sense. It's an interesting one. But this is, this is very different for an MCU sequel. Mm. So we're getting the lead hero from that first movie. She's coming back. But then they're purposely introducing Miss Marvel on the small screen with the intent on having her in the big screen. But then Monica Rambo, the adult version, was first seen on the small screen. So they're really like just playing free and loose aren't they, between yeah. TV think, and film. But that divide that had been there previously with, say, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Netflix shows, non-existent now, and they really are no. weaving in between TV and film. I guess, like, the, the closest, and it's not even really accurate, but the closest comparison would be, you know, how we had, like, an Ant-Man film and then the sequel, it was no longer just about Ant-Man, it was Ant-Man and the Wasp. So it's like, you know, here we're getting... Already, you know, had Wasp in that first film, though. And she That's got the true. Suit well, well, we already had Monica Rambo in that first film. So, you know. Well, she it's... was a kid, but she was an adult superhero, whereas WandaVision is where she gets her powers. And Miss Marvel. That's why I was like, it's not an accurate comparison, yeah, well, but it's the closest that yeah. Marvel has, I guess. Because so otherwise, it's Marvel... just Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Iron Man 3, and yeah. then, you know, all the other characters follow suit, all the yeah, Guardians, Guardians 2. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll get a Miss Marvel. Disney Plus show, and then we'll see her in the Marvels. It's a very different way of doing things. I wonder, mm. though, because Marvel had that failed TV show, Inhumans. In the comics, Miss Marvel is inhuman. That's where she gets her powers. But I'm thinking maybe for the MCU, she'll have a connection, other than being a fan of Captain Marvel. And that's how she gets her abilities or even if her abilities are the same because she can like stretch like mr fantastic and it's been a while since i've read her comics but her powers Look, are very different to captain marvel maybe wanda maximoff created a wall and you know camilla Khan walked through it and she got powers i mean that works for monica Rambo, <laughs> so who knows black widow is coming to cinemas and Disney Plus as a premiere access film on July 9th. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings starring Simu Lu will arrive in cinemas on September 3rd. And that will be followed by Spider-Man No Way Home on December 17th. We've talked about this already, how from July onwards, four MCU movies on the big screen is incredible, as well as all the Disney Plus content we're getting this year. From having next there's to nothing a lot. this year to all of this. <laughs> hey, we're playing catch-up. We're playing catch-up. Um, it's going to be a good second half of the year. 
Kicking off 2022 is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness on March 25th, followed by Thor Love and Thunder on May 6th, Black Panther Wakanda Forever on July 8th, and the Marvels on November 11th. But there's more. In 2023, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania on February 17th, and the newly announced date for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th. The announcement, though, ended with more. No date attached, but we got to see the logo for the Fantastic Four movie. I mean, what a sizzle reel. That was incredible. So much it made me It made me sizzle in places I could never sizzle. But, um... <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, it's yeah, it's uh, exciting. And what's what's weird uh 2023, look at those dates for Ant uh Ant-Man and uh for Guardians, you know, very early in the year, there's still a lot of space free. Yeah, that's just that two films. Half. And if you look that's at twenty twenty two, like four movies. Yeah. So yes. More to be revealed. And, you know, I, I'm thinking Fantastic Four will be 2023 and something else. That it's is interesting, though, what they, what they didn't include. You know, like we, we've had an announced Captain America 4. Um, you know, Blade was announced, I think, like 14 years ago or something, it feels like. <laughs> I reckon was a while that ago. could be the other one. I reckon that. But yeah, or, or Cap, yeah, Captain America 4. So there's still. So much more coming. And then there's, and that's not even the Disney Plus shows with She-Hulk and yeah. Hawkeye, which is going to be this year, next year. Well, knows? again, this, I mean, this, this, this sizzle was, it was all about the movies and, you know, what the, the stuff on the big screen. That's what this was. Well, I get, about. I get that. But what I'm saying is that this is like there's, so much all Oh yeah. Yeah. But it's not even everything. Like we're getting so much more <laughs> stuff. I mean, wow! If you're a Marvel fan, strap yourself in. Oh, I will. <laughs> the only other trailer I wanted to talk about, and um, and that was a lot that we just covered there. Normally, there wouldn't be so much information, especially as many dates. But I want to talk about the new TV series, Sweet Tooth. If you're unfamiliar, it's a new DC Comics series from producer Robert Downey Jr. that will be hitting Netflix this June. So this is of note, of course, no longer Iron Man. And I know it's his production (laughs) company, but Downey Jr. is making a DC Comics TV show. And I'm not sure if we've talked about Sweet Tooth on the podcast before, because the show was announced a while back, this is the, I think the trailer I think, came out yeah, recently. I think we discussed it when there were talks about him working on the project, but this is the first, uh, I guess, yeah, the first look that we got of it. If you're unfamiliar, on a perilous adventure in a post-apocalyptic world, a boy who's half human and half deer searches for a new beginning with a gruff protector. The series will star Christian Convery and... Will Forte. And Forte, who I think is excellent in everything, he's playing the gruff protector. I've not seen him do that before. But this show has me intrigued. And the creator of the show, Jeff Lemire, you know, last movie show in the recommend section, I recommended Black Hammer. That's also Jeff Lemire. So as a creator, I really like this guy's original content. And I think this is his first TV adaption. Yeah, what's uh, what's nice about this? Um, you know, executive produced not just Robert Downey Jr. but also his um, his wife, I believe, as well. I think is also yeah. So they yeah, so they're partners in the production company. Yeah, so that's always nice to see. But look, this looks it looks delightful. You know, it it it's sort of there's a something whimsical about this. It's like magical almost, but at the same time, kind of artsy and a little bit oh, there's a bit of a quirk to it um, i'm not familiar with the comic like at all or anything like that just going off this trailer and the visuals that you know they're showing us the landscapes the character designs the little little ear twitches that 
you know the the boy has it's yeah so there's a very there's a charm to this but i'm i'm cautious though like will it go into like the realm of something you know like a wes anderson type of like trendy kind of weird thing or will it be a little bit more standard mainstream where it's you know it's just an unfolding drama but it has an artistic look to it it's it's interesting like you know watching the trailer and even reading the comics oh that reminds me of this other thing it you know it's it's pretty unique in its premise and certainly is a live action tv show i'm I'm interested it's it's good to get you know it's good to get because we've got an abundance these days of comic book superhero I shows. mean we just did the Marvel sizzle reel <laughs> yeah but not just that but I mean like, boys umbrella academy uh Jupiter's legacy just dropped you know like there's endless it's endless it, it is good to see a comic book property again that isn't necessarily about superheroes but I get what you're meaning like you know I don't want it to be too artsy I mean we got that with Legion and that first season, I was along for the ride, <laughs> and I, I couldn't finish it. I, I didn't finish season three. That was just yeah. too, too artsy for its own good. Yeah, this looks this looks intriguing, but you know, like if it is, if it if it ends up being a little bit too pretentious, which I'm not saying it will be, or you know, the, 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 that's the case. But if it does, it's like it might not hold my attention, and <laughs> I might. Give it a shot I mean, and then move on. But it's Netflix. Yeah. I'd imagine the whole season's gonna drop on the same day. This is gonna be maybe six, seven, eight episodes. I would guess. Yeah. It's combining like two things that I really like, DC Comics well, and Will Forte. I yeah. I am there Can't for argue it. with that, can you? <laughs> okay, well that's it for trailer talk. Now on to movie news. Do you want to start us off? All right. Uh Ta-Nehisi Coates, Superman movie. This is the update that we've got. So Warner Brothers and DC say they are committed to hiring a black director. Um, This is not expected to be part of the DCEU, but will focus on the character of Kal-El. And potentially this could be a 20th century period piece. So a few different points there. Yeah, so we've got some more information because last time we talked about this, I was saying maybe it is Calvin Harris, who is President Superman from a different Earth in in the comics, or Val Zod, who is a Superman from Earth 2. But no, what they're saying here, it is, it's going to be Kal-El. It's not going to be connected to the DCEU, which is very Are they still saying it's going to be like a black actor playing? Oh, yes, definitely. Kal-El. That is definitely yeah. still what it is. And that's why they're saying they're committed to hiring a black director because, yeah. 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 It's, I, it's very... I don't like that stance that they take where it's like, we're going to hire a black director. So we're going to give someone a job because they're black. It's like, no, hire them because no. they're the best person for the job, regardless well, of what somebody they look like. With, no, I see what they're doing here. They're looking for someone that has... With a different point of view, a different... Or, or has the right point of view, the right voice. I mean, they did it. Like, Marvel did it with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, they didn't get, like, a group of white people in a room to write the first black Captain America. That's not what they did because that would have been a mistake. So I get where they're coming from, but it's just when you're getting it in little like snippets that are announced, like they're committed guess, to yeah, doing yeah. this. It sounds a little bit. I mean, it's not the best statement, though, is it? It's it's, it's, it's yeah. not. But also, this is like little snippets of like news stories that are going around the place. So as it stands yeah. at the moment, they've got a a black writer they want a black director and they want a black superman it's what i hoped you know we've enjoyed some of the recent dceu movies but joker like it's still like the only one of its kind so i'm interested that they're looking at doing what could very well be either the start of something or just be a standalone film and it is a kal who is black, you know, which isn't the Kal-El that we were used to. 
and and the setting is going to be a little bit different also i mean all we know really they're saying it could be a 20th century piece which is pretty much it could be anywhere between the first of <laughs> january 1901 to the 31st of december 2000 so they've got a lot of wiggle room there. so we don't just in case know. you weren't aware but thank you for that That's... <laughs> but we don't we don't quite know where within that time period it's yeah it, like it could have been set during the great depression or it could have been set in you know like the buzzing 80s you know like is that what they refer to the 80s as buzzing sure they've um, done the 80s with wonder woman <laughs> but then again it's not connected <laughs> it's just it's it's interesting and i i don't know if it's gonna even end up being a thing who knows i mean i'm interested i'm really interested and again with what they did with joker they gave us like this standalone movie that was interesting and that's true i mean yeah like it's it, it was the the best movie of the year i yeah, i think I, did we both pick pick that one for it like, up there for sure so i'm surprised yeah. and they're not even saying it's like in that vein but i'd imagine being outside of the dceu that's what they're looking at but you know each time they announce something else upcoming shows will talk about it well, it just still the, comes back to the, 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 the thing. Where the hell is Man of Steel 2? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, I know, I know. We, we've had quite a few appearances of Henry Cavill as Superman, but I agree. Where is Man of Steel 2? <laughs> like, it's a time where we're getting our man and whoever else. Come on, give us more Superman. Which they're <laughs> literally doing. They're just giving us a different take on the character. We've got more DC news. Not a lot, actually. We've got a lot when we get to TV, but movies, Black Adam, got some casting news. Young rock star Yuli Latukfu is reuniting with Dwayne Johnson as the actor has joined the movie. If you're unfamiliar with Young Rock, first of all, fix that straight away. Because you get on it, <laughs> it is so much fun. Like here in Australia, it's available. Foxtel binge, check it out. It, it's fun. It really is. Latukfu, he plays the third. Because in in Young Rock, you've got Dwayne Johnson who bookends the episodes, but then there's three actors that play him when he's younger, when he's in high school, and when he's in college. So the oldest of the actors, that's who we're getting in Black Adam. So I don't know... (laughs) Yes, College Rock. I don't know if it's going to be like a brand new character or like a different character, should I say, or if it's going to be Teth Adam when he was younger. But what I will say, out of all the actors on the show, this one looks most like Dwayne Johnson. So if he's not playing a younger version of him, it may get confusing for people who watch Young Rock. That would be pretty funny if, you know, like... Yeah, you know they're they're writing they're doing black they're in production of Black Adam. They're like, hey, we need we need a younger version of of Dwayne Johnson. Hey, I know a guy. <laughs> like, we've Johnson's already... going to be like, I've got a whole show. Like, yeah, how what old age range do you got? <laughs> I'll tell you who to call. Uh, I've got my list. What's interesting about this is that Johnson cast him personally. Like, we're not talking yeah, we're not talking that... auditions here. And he's a producer, like he, he was an executive producer on Shazam because he's been attached to Captain Marvel as a franchise like for a very, very long time, an extremely long time. And when you're talking about him casting him himself, you mean on the show, on, on, on Young oh, no, Rock? on Black Adam. Oh, so right. he's basically just okay. gone to the Black Adam guys and said, he's in film. Well, okay. well I mean, I guess... I guess he's, he's already worked with him and, and then... He's worked yeah. with him and he's a producer and obviously he's got quite a bit of sway over there. But yeah, but he personally cast him in the film. So we don't know who no, he's that's... playing. But I'm generally interested now. I wanted to know... I'm just, who he's I've playing. got to assume it's, it's young rock again. You'd think so, <laughs> wouldn't you? But then this poor guy, like you wouldn't want to get typecast. He's like waiting by the phone whenever the rock does a film where his character has a flashback. Like, you yeah. wouldn't want to only play a young Dwayne Johnson. Hey, he's got a one in three shot. It, depending, it just depends on the, <laughs> on the age range. But as the, the younger one, probably got to be worried because as he ages up, 
Oh, maybe we'll... Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, I let's can't talk... believe how much mileage we got out of that Black Adam story. Well, let's, let's talk Blave Lively. All right, so Dark Horse Comics' Lady Killer is coming to Netflix in a brand new original movie adaptation uh, produced by and starring, of course, Blake Lively and written by uh, Diablo Cody. Uh, Lively will play Josie Schuller, who lives a double life of the perfect 1950s housewife and highly trained killer for hire. As they all were back in the 50s. That's. <laughs> I remember years ago when this first came out, I read issue one, enjoyed it for the most part. I don't know why. I never stuck with it. I'll just watch the movie. I mean, the movie. The, no capes? Was that a- <laughs> No, no capes, no capes. I don't know. Like, it was very well put together. Like, the it was written and uh, illustrated by Joelle Jones, who is, she's excellent. And, yeah. But, okay, cool. Lady Killer coming to Netflix. I will definitely watch the movie. And then maybe go I think back Blake, and check out comics. From the synopsis, Blake Lovely seems like a great fit for it. Um I go straight to that movie. What movie? The one that she did with Anna Kendrick. A Simple Plan. I just yeah, saw that like, as well. Yeah. Just like a little bit thrillery kind of thing. And I think, I think she suits the period as well, which is cool. Ant-Man and the Wasp star Hannah John Kamen has landed the lead role in the Red Sonja reboot from transparent creator Joey Soloway. Red Sonia is a character I know is out there. You know, in the comics at the moment, <laughs> I know all the characters really blowing up to the point where she's got so many series coming out from month to month. They're about to relaunch if they haven't already a new series called Invincible Red Sonia. There's been like Sonia verse characters where she's meeting different versions of herself from different sure. realities. There is so much content out in comics for this character. And they've been talking about a new film for a long time. Like back when they did that Conan the Barbarian reboot with Jason Momoa. And who who was it? I'm trying to think. It was one of the actresses from, from Charmed. And she was going to be the lead in a Red Sonja movie. Rose McGowan. She was attached. Oh, really? And at the time, it was being developed by Robert Rodriguez, and nothing came of it. But all these years later, yeah, Red Sonja, they've cast the title role, and we're getting a new film. I guess like it's probably the time for it then. Like you said, if, if there's a lot sort of happening you know, on the pages and stuff like that for her, then, yeah, the popularity must be there. People are obviously reading and engaged with the character. It's the time for it. And uh, yeah, Hannah John Kamen was just right in, in that Ant Man film, Ant Man and Wasp. It's not the best MCU film, but she was good as Ghost. Yeah, I liked yeah. it. All right, the long gestating Masters of the Universe movie has hit another roadblock as lead Noah Centineo has left the project. I mean, with this. How long was this kid gone away? <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and come on, like we're talking about a kid that has to be in shape as he, man, master of the universe. Yeah, I mean, like, be in he, good shape. He isn't the biggest of, of guys, and so I guess yeah, to maintain or to look the he man to look that that sort of part, it would be a big task. And I guess this movie's how long has this movie been talked about? A long like, time. A not long just a time. couple years, or you know, like. Decades? <laughs> has it been decades? Not, not, no, not, not quite decades, but it has been a number of years they've been talking about it. And having him cast in the title role, that's been the closest they've come. But now, now he's left the project. It's a weird time for He-Man because we're getting two animated series. One is something completely separate, but the other one is the Netflix anime series which is a direct sequel to the original cartoon from the 80s. And the showrunner is Kevin Smith. A lot of weird things happening with He-Man at the moment. Uh, Last year, there was a good He-Man comic. I think it was called 
He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse. And you had E-Man from the 80s cartoon meet up with the Dolph Lundgren He-Man. It was bonkers, but a lot of fun. Weird. And there's new toys coming out. But this movie, they just can't seem to make it happen. And maybe they should just, I don't know, not. Like, just let it lie. Yeah, just just let it... I mean, end of the day, like it started as a toy line to sell more toys. They made a cartoon. And that's what it was. You think sometimes, like, how hard is it just to... I mean, not, no, I'm not saying it's easy, but it's like, you know, projects get made and it's like, just, just make it. Like, just make it. Why? What's, what's the hold-up sort of thing? You I mean, just want to know what's happening. I think it was 1987, the, the Dolph movie, where to save money, they had He-Man come to Earth and have no powers. Sure. So they've, they've tried it yeah. before. I mean, I, I know it would be more than that to do it today. They were making a sequel to that movie, but instead of Masters of the Universe, it was Canon Group at the time, and they repurposed the sets and the storyline and turned it into Cyborg, starring Jean-Claude Van Damme. Crazy things happened wow. in the 80s. Yeah. So it started I feel like it was a weird thing. it was a weird time for He-Man in the 80s. Like. Yeah, it's a weird time for He-Man now. So now there's a He-Man movie without a He-Man. Let's talk Godzilla. Because whether you love or hated Godzilla versus Kong, they're making more, more Monsterverse movies. And the director's coming back from that movie, Adam Wingard. He's in talks to return for a new installment. Son of Kong has been discussed internally at Legendary, though no title has been confirmed. I think that's potentially the title. <laughs> Son of Kong. And, you know, back in the day, back Kong Jr., we've had a Son of Kong movie. So, like, there's, you know... <laughs> It's been a thing before. It's precedent for the title, like it can happen. Yeah, Wingard's coming back, and at Legendary, there's folk talking about Son of Kong as a thing. I think it might be the name of the movie. Wait a mm. second. I, I mean, I'll say right here, I'm. I've lost interest. I've lost interest. I mean, I'll probably check out this. Let's call it the Son of Kong, but I'll probably wait until it's on a streaming service or yes i i think i'm the same you know godzilla kong skull island and godzilla versus kong i watched all three at the cinema what a sucker (laughs) (laughs) although still i stand by skull island which is what got me excited for godzilla versus kong i really enjoyed that kong film yeah well after after Yeah. After seeing Kong, you know, in zero gravity, just it's weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Weird time well, for Kong. Well, <laughs> the Monsterverse franchise is very much still a thing. I should say as well, like Godzilla versus Kong is doing pretty well at the box office. No, 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 it did well. Like, and I'm happy for them. But and and hence why, you know, why they're gonna do more where they can. So that's fine. But what you've all been waiting for is uh, the next update on Father of the Bride, the remake of Father of the Bride, which I didn't actually realise. You know the you know the Father of the Bride movie with Steve Martin and yeah, Martin Short Martin Short's in it as well, isn't he? He is, yeah, yeah. That's already a remake. I know we'll cover this on the podcast. Did Spencer we? Tracy, wasn't it? That did the. Original? I don't know. I don't Pretty know. Sure. All I know is that yeah. that was a remake. We've, we've covered it. So this is the third version of that story. Fantastic. Isabella, Isabella Merced, who starred in Dora and the, Lo- and the Lost City of Gold, has joined Andy Garcia in Father of the Bride. The you do realise <laughs> that we will be reviewing this film. We have no choice. <laughs> it's inevitable. <laughs> Like I, I believe we just have to do it just as a joke now, just to just we've to got to going. do it. And um, just let Rob know as well. Rewind and review. You've got to do Steve Martin, Father of the Bride. <laughs> oh, look. Yeah, right. <laughs> I know I'm making more work for you. 
That's okay. Um, look, Merced will play the sister of the bride. Sister of the bride. They could already do a spin-off, a sequel. <laughs> it's right there. Um, who is played by Adria uh, Jonna. And, of course, Garcia is their father. If you weren't all caught up, you are now. So, good stuff. Can I just ask, have you actually watched <laughs> the live-action Dorma movie? I really, I actually wanted to. I wanted to watch it. My, um, my kid picked it on Saturday night for the family to sit down and watch. And I've got to be honest, I bloody enjoyed it. Oh, damn it, that makes me want to watch it even more. It's on, it's on Prime. Yeah, I've seen, it it, Prime. I've seen it on something. Look, it's it's. I either watch it by myself, or let me just, I get. Let me see I if I can sell it. Let me, it. let me give you a hook, and this is for you and the wife. And this is what I really enjoyed about it because I've never seen the cartoon, but watched it, mm. you know, as a movie. But the film Dora is all grown up, but essentially, she's a lunatic. <laughs> And, you know, there's, bit, there's like a scene at the breakfast table where she's doing the thing that I get, or I'm, she must have done on the show where she talks to the camera and gives facts. Yeah, that happens the in, the, family, in the cartoon. The family are kind of looking around the room like, who is she talking to? <laughs> so for the most part, she's played as a lunatic. But it, it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of gags. The Dora um, is essentially like Deadpool. I mean, she doesn't talk to the camera as much, but she does it. And Boots is in there. And when you hear him speak, the actor is insane who is voicing Boots. It's, it's worth watching. Boots is, Boots is the monkey. Yeah? It's the talking monkey that Dora puts wow. Boots on. Let's um, move on and stop talking about Dora the Explorer. But I'll say this. But again, just context. I watched it with an eight-year-old and a three-year-old and the wife. But we all we- sat down and watched it. And, and they enjoyed it. And in my mind, I'm thinking maybe next weekend, as a family, we could all watch... Pages of the Lost Ark, because Ooh. it's very similar. Monkey, um, a monkey with boots. That's yeah, it all checks out. <laughs> and I'm a host now. She moves on, shouldn't I? Because this is not the recommended. Yeah, I mean, and it's up to you. Check it out, Dora. Well, that's it for <laughs> movie news, and now on to TV news. Loki's premiere date has been pushed forward. But don't get too excited. It's uh, moved up two days to June 9th. Um, so Disney Plus will air episodes now on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. How do you feel about this? Not great. I'm going to wait until Friday. <laughs> no, nah, who am I kidding? Can't watch it on Wednesday. <laughs> I mean, they've obviously got a reason whether there's conflicting scheduled programming at that time. Who knows? But... I- Whatever the reason behind it but was, what's... I like the playful nature of having Loki just say, basically, new shows are normally Friday, but I put it out on Wednesday. Very Loki of him. <laughs> just tell us how it is. I, in terms of like potentially, like, what's the reason for this? Is it scheduling or something like that? It's we live in a world of video on demand it's a streaming service it doesn't matter if they launch four different shows on the same day we could watch all four shows we're not competing with you know the hottest show on that night or something like that it's you watch it whenever the hell you want yeah at the exact minute it launches it's i'm saying scheduling but in reality that week when loki's out if there was another show in conflict disney would move that show Loki's going to be huge. It's going well, to be a massive it. Yeah, it's going to be the Sasha. But you know what? I kind of got used to the Fridays. It was like the end of my week. And here in Australia, like we're really, or in WA anyway, like we're really lucky. It's like when it launches, I, I get home from work and it had only just sort of launched. It's, it's, it's ready to go. And I'm done. It's like my Friday evening. I'm set up for the weekend. I've got my new Disney show, whatever it might be. It's It's good. And now that's kind of... Ruin. The problem I'm so entitled. Well, I'm because, so entitled. <laughs> but the thing is, like, you, you could say, well, Jason, you could just have it available on Wednesday, but just wait to watch it on Friday and still have it. You shut Friday your mouth. Show. I'm not doing that. No one's doing this that. This type of show, though, <laughs> if it's anything like WandaVision or most shows, to be honest, 
You can't wait. Somebody's talking about it at work on Thursday. Yeah. Or online. Yeah. You've got to watch it. It's So now I feel like I have to watch it on Wednesday. Mm. So on one hand, they get, hey, you get it earlier. But that's week one. But week to week, it's now midweek instead of the start of the weekend. Yeah, like Wednesday. Is the... It'd be curious to see the next show, whether it's a Star Wars show or a Marvel show, whatever. Will it be Wednesdays? Is that their new... I don't want it to be. That's, that's a weird day. Like Even like Netflix, <laughs> for the most part, do Fridays. But occasionally, they'll look, look, we've got a new thing. Watch it on Thursday. What are you doing? Friday. Everybody <laughs> knows that Friday is the best day to drop new content. Crazy. Anyway, we'll get over it. We'll be okay. We're both going to be watching it on Wednesdays. Oh. Everybody's <laughs> going to be watching it on Wednesday. <laughs> you have to. Just a quick one. Stargirl has been renewed for season three. And this is, of course, ahead of the season two premiere. Oh, season two hasn't even started yet. Hasn't Weird. even started. Okay. Wow. And this is a show, I believe, for season three is moving from the CW to HBO Max. I think that's what's happening there. But either way, season three, it's a thing. Very good. Uh, we'll keep in all... DC and CW and all that and whatnot. The CW has shared the first image of Kelly Olsen all suited up in her guardian armor. Uh, Kelly is the sister of Supergirl's James Olsen, and she is about to take on, well, that mantle of the guardian. I like it. If we're looking at the comics, neither Jimmy or Kelly have been guardian. That was a different character altogether. In the show, when we got Jimmy as Guardian, I think it was in the second season, he's got silver armor. What we're getting when Kelly takes on the mantle is the gold armor. So it's more in line with what we've got in the comics. One of the weapons wielded by Guardian is the shield. And she has used that shield previously. And from memory, she used it in the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover. So it's not like all of a sudden this character is going to become a superhero. They have been planting the seeds. So the costume looks fantastic, and I'm looking forward to seeing it in action. And this is the final season of Supergirl. Yeah, the costume looks good. Thank you. Appreciate your input. The Flash. Carlos Valdez and Tom Kavanagh are officially leaving The Flash after season seven. And Tom Kavanagh has been leaving the show since season one. If I'm honest. <laughs> He's never not leaving the show. <laughs> like, it comes back as different variations of the same character. And yeah, fine. You know, we, we thought that he'd left many times previously. But Carlos Valdez as Cisco Ramon, also known as Vibe, it's, it's a new thing that he's leaving. I've, I've got to be honest, right? The Flash out the gate loved the show. And season two, season three, as the seasons have gone on, do I still watch it? Of course. Is it a really good show? It's, it's not. It's okay at best. And I keep going with it. So we're not, we're not in the final season, are we? We don't have no, a final not season even, announced. Not even. Do you I think mean, this is a sign of they'll start wrapping it up? These two guys leaving, they are going to be missed. Don't get me wrong. But again, I've said goodbye to Kavanaugh so many times. But <laughs> Cisco it's not like leaving, Barry's leaving. Yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. I mean, they're leaving after season seven. Like, how, how long is this show going to go on for? The, the problem I've got, though, is that the more they make, the more I'll watch. I'm in it until the end. <laughs> yeah, nothing's going to be But it is, I mean, it's always, it's always, I guess, you know, it's always disheartening when some, you know, they've been there from the start, like supporting characters when they do eventually leave a show. Like if you're attached to them, they become part of the furniture, you know, within the show. It's, it's never a good thing to lose them. No, unless no, the characters well, aren't, aren't good. But I'm okay. I'm okay with them leaving. And the show itself, you know, to its credit, you know, there is still things to enjoy about it. 
There is. But it's been going on for a while now. I didn't know I if you were going to start listing them. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't want... I, I just thought this was going to be like, it's just some news about people leaving and I'm, I'm talking negatively about a show that I want, I want to really like. Let's just move on to the next story. Let's talk Green Lantern. Finn Wittrock will star as Guy Gardner in HBO Max's upcoming Green Lantern series. Gardner is one of the many Green Lantern characters that will be featured in the show. Um, but of course, yeah, Guy Gardner's sort of DC's douchebag Green Lantern. <laughs> if that's, that's the way you're going. Great character in his own right. But yes, yeah, yeah. But you know, he's Green Lanterns. He's the one that there's that classic page from Justice League International where he's giving Batman shit and with one punch, Batman knocks him out. Fantastic. You feel good about it. You feel good about it, yeah. But are you familiar with um, Finn Wittrock? I'm not, no. No, so I'm new to him as an actor. He's done a few seasons of like American Horror Story and uh, I think he was in the American Crime Stories, that one about the... Not the OJ Simpson one, the the second season. The Versace one. Yeah, the Versace one. So he was was in that. So he, a good actor... A lot of the times when I see him on screen, though, he has that presence where I kind of, I don't like him. Hey, Guy Gardner. Presence. I think that works. I think <laughs> yes. that works here. So there you go. Good. But a good actor. So, <laughs> And as you say, he's going to be one of the many Green Lantern characters on the show. But he's the first bit of casting we've got, so it's definitely worth mentioning. Vincent Carthesa has been cast as Jonathan Crane, a.k.a. the Batman villain Scarecrow in Titans Season 3. If you're unfamiliar with him, uh, he was on the show Mad Men. There's quite a bit of excitement for him joining the show. And there's been some behind-the-scenes pics online for Titans Season 3 featuring Arkham Asylum, which is pretty cool. We didn't get it in those first two seasons. Oh, there you go. Makes sense. Jonathan Crane, Scarecrow, Arkham Asylum, and so hand in hand, so it works. I'm not sure when we're getting him. I'm really looking forward to more Titans. I really enjoyed those first two seasons. I, f- I feel like season two was so long ago. It re- yeah, well, yeah, it was. It, it, it was yeah. There's a lot of like delays due to COVID. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it has been, yeah, like the gap between, I mean, the gap between seasons one and two, like we'd have had three by now. But yeah. we're, still, we're still waiting for it. But season two especially, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Like that episode where you had Superboy on the Luther farm, loved it. So yes, looking forward to more Titans. All right, we got the first look at um, Casey Walfall as DC hero Naomi in the new CW series from Ava DuVernay and Jill Blankenship. Uh, Naomi will explore the titular character's journey as a teenager traveling from her small northwestern town to the heights of the larger multiverse. Upon learning of a supernatural event that rattles her hometown, she elects to return and investigate its origins and discovers something that will challenge everything people believe about superheroes. I'm really curious what this show is going to be because DC Comics... She is a character that is part of the main continuity. It's a recent comic uh, written by Brian Michael Bendis. He's one of the co-creators of the character. And Superman does play a part in that. And I've heard casting of him in this show. But one of the things I did read is that in this world, in this show... Superman will be a fictional character. Right, okay. I don't quite know if this is going to be... I mean, this is a DCCW show, but I don't know if it's going to be connected to all the other shows, and a few of them were mentioned already. Or if it's just going to be like a standalone thing, whereas she is in the real world, whereas she has these powers and abilities, and Superman features but isn't real. But then, like, if it, when it talks about, you know, like, uh, the larger multiverses that like she can 
enter a you know universe where you know, Superman is real. So maybe, and, so maybe this and, is Naomi coming from, let's say, the real world, but she travels to the Superman and Lois show, or she travels to Titans, Green Lantern, The Flash, Supergirl, Stargirl, any of those, and maybe this is like a gateway character. Who knows? But we've got a poster, and that's cool. And basically, <laughs> the design of the poster, if you've not seen it, cast your mind back to the first issue of Naomi, which you may or may not have seen. It's that. <laughs> They've essentially recreated the drawing. Some slight differences, but for the most that's part... That's a good, it's a good it's tactic. Like, it's it a, is, <laughs> isn't it? Like, you know, yeah. Save a lot of time in marketing and design. Copy the comic. But Just Naomi... I, do I don't know. I mean, Ava DuVernay, like she was developing the New Gods movie, which got cancelled, but she's still connected with DC on the small screen with Naomi. Amazon Prime's Invincible has officially been renewed for seasons two and three. Good stuff. Yeah, not wasting time. They're, they're confident in the show. Obviously, feedback's been good. Have you watched all of season one? I haven't. I'm about halfway through it. Okay. I loved every minute of it. Absolutely love the show. I'm excited for more. I mean, the cast is insane. Like, we did a full review at Sounds Like Comics, and it's it's crazy, the top-tier talent. And even if you you weren't looking at it, like all these like live-action actors that we've got on the show... Even from like a, a voiceover act and stuff, even from like a voiceover standpoint, the the number of actors in this show is through the roof. It is so well put together and it's incredible. It really is incredible. So I'm excited that we're getting not just one more season, at least two more. Do you think, you know, like when we sometimes when we get animated shows? we find that they've actually already started production on, you know, multiple seasons. Usually it's actually one big production, but we're just getting it divided up in sort of small seasons. Do you think that's the case here? Or, or do you think there's, there's nothing done yet for season two and three? I mean, we had this conversation before, didn't we? We were talking about the quick turnaround from Harlequin season one to season two. Yeah. Jurassic World, Camp Cretaceous. Yeah, that's another example. Maybe. I I mean, this this is a different thing for for Amazon. I mean, superheroes, they've made the boys already. But Invincible, I don't think they could have anticipated how popular it was going to be. And they are short seasons. I mean, there's like, I think it was eight episodes. Yeah. All right, no. So they may have already started season two, just hoping people would like (laughs) season one. And then when people did seem to like it, they announced. They were like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Because it's quite ambitious, isn't it? Oh, we're going to do two and three. But what if two's not very Mm. good? Doesn't matter. We've committed to three. No, that's it. It just means they can have a probably a story arc that'll stretch out a little bit more. Um, All right. So last, uh, last TV news item here. The Flintstones are returning to prime time. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation will produce a new sequel series for Fox Networks featuring Fred Flintstone nearing retirement as the family moves from the Stone Age to the Bronze Age. Elizabeth Banks will executive produce and voice a 20-year-old Pebbles bonkers. Twenty no twenty year olds were available, I guess. <laughs> Just an idea like an adult an adult pebbles. Like it's they have aged them up, I think, to teenagers before. Like there's one animated series where they were a little bit older. Was that like it was it called like the like bedrock kids or something? It was No, because that was Fred like that. and Wilma when they were teenagers. Oh, okay. But I'm sure there is one sure. where Pebbles and Bam Bam are older. 
It's just interesting to, to me. It was a Bam Bam show or something. That <laughs> Flintstones is making yet another comeback because cast your mind back recently, maybe a year or two, we got the new series called Yabba Dabba Dinosaur, which was primarily based on Pebbles, but still a kid. But Fred and Wilma did feature, but as supporting characters. And I've seen a couple of them. They're currently playing on Binge. They only made one season and nothing else came of it. But now they're doing an adult sequel series to that original show. You you say adult, like the original show was, not that it was crude or anything, but it was made for adults. It was, you know, it was The Simpsons before The Simpsons. It was prime time. It was. Family friendly, but still becoming, you know, the Flintstones cartoon is known as a kid show. You know, a bit of trivia, like the Flintstones was the first American TV show to show a married couple in bed. Yeah, I've heard that one. That's yeah. Uh, there you go. Early trivia. <laughs> That's early trivia. So you're right, though. But it, it was prime time, but it ended up being a kids show, a Steven Spielberg produced movie with John Goodman. How good is that movie, though? <laughs> <laughs> it, it is fun. I need to do a rewatch. I keep trying to get my kids to watch it because we watched the Croods and they enjoyed it. Oh. I'm like, let's watch Flintstones. The nice. movie's like, I love it. Kind of it's great. There's- there's dinosaurs. There's what I do want to have you seen? <laughs> have you seen the Croods? Yeah, I've seen the first one. I've right. seen well, I've seen both way. of them. But what I want to see next, I want to see a live action Croods movie, and I want them to bring back Nick Cage as the dad. I just did it all in live action. That's what I want. <laughs> just like John Goodman in Flintstones. Just have the just have the actresses. The act- back actresses to the news, though. Bedrock. Yeah, I'm I'm interested. So the same. So it's going to be, I guess, similar time slot to Family Guy. Is yeah. what they're going to essentially be looking for. They tried kids with Yabba Dabba Dinosaur, and it didn't get past one season. So, so let's go the, back to aging, aging it up. Yeah. Again, I think it'll still be family friendly. It's not going to be like, you know, Pebbles sleeping around and stuff. I mean, I said Family Guy. It's probably going to be more Simpsons than Family Guy, I should say. Well, that's it for TV news. Now on to the recommend section. Jason, what have you got? I'm recommending a show that is... Well, premiered on HBO Max. It's not on binge here. It's actually on Stan. It's on Stan. Made for Love. Um, this is based on the 2017 novel of the same name by Alyssa Nutting. Um, it stars Kristen uh, Milioti, who you might know as the, the mother from How I Met Your Mother, or what was that Andy Sandberg movie? The one, like the Groundhog Day one? Can't remember the name. Palm Springs. Anyway. Yeah, it. Palm Springs. She was in Great that. Fun. She was in a Black Mirror episode. Um, it's also got Billy Magnuson, the, the prince from Aladdin. Who isn't oh. Aladdin? He's still working. Yeah, you know, cool. the one white guy. Yeah. Well, they didn't do. They didn't. Oh do no! Spin-off. I was thinking of Aladdin. <laughs> remember, he made that point of saying that nobody would hire him anyway. But no, the prince. <laughs> no, the actual. Yeah, the, who the white one guy, time the was going to get a. Spin-off. They were going to do. A, they were. Yeah. Anyway, so he's in here, and he's actually he's actually really good in this, and um, Ray Romano as well, playing Chris uh, Milioti's father in this. It's like it's a dark comedy kind of thing like there's drama but there's also you know there's sci-fi in there but it's also quite funny there's lots of little little bits here i'll I'll tell you the premise we've got a woman she escapes from a suffocating 10-year marriage to a tech billionaire so that's all the drama stuff Uh, but she discovers her husband had it fitted with a high-tech tracking device still drama still sci-fi the monitoring (laughs) the monitoring (laughs) device which he implanted in her brain allows him to track her location watch her live and know her emotional data as she tries to regain her independence. Okay, that sounds all very dark and very gritty, and it kind of is, but there's a there's enough comedy sprinkled throughout that it's that it that's it's interesting. Ray Romano, he's you know, he's he's now he's living by himself, he hasn't seen his daughter for 10 years. Um, he's he's married to a sex 
So it's fantastic, man. Like, it's, hang it's, on. Did you hang say on. What? Ray Romano is married to a sex doll? Well, his character is married to a sex doll. Oh, yeah. Well, that's what I meant. His character. I didn't mean yeah. he was an actor. <laughs> As a person. There's just weird. Okay. There's just weird stuff going on in this, and you know, with all the sci-fi elements, like um, Billy Magnuson's character is is he's like a Steve Jobs type. Um, he runs his company called Google. A little bit on the nose there, but <laughs> but it, it, he's got like this. He's basically got like a, uh, what on Star Trek? What do they call that? That room where they do like the like the hollow deck kind of thing. The hollow deck. Yeah, the holiday. It's yeah. literally what it's called. <laughs> it came. It came to me. It, like, yeah, like he's got like he's got like his own holodeck kind of technology thing, and uh, yeah, no, there's there's some interesting stuff there. It's dark, but it's funny. I'm liking it. I'm a couple episodes, I think, uh, behind, but so far so good. I'm throwing that out there. All right, cool. I'm going to recommend a show that I have talked about many times on the podcast and off air because it is simply one of the best television shows ever. I'm saying it. Specifically, I'm talking about the sixth series of Line of Duty. The BBC One cop show. I have. It's been like one of my favorite TV series of the year. It's been like my most anticipated. I'm pretty sure I've recommended it previously. But this is series six. Uh, there's so many plot lines from previous seasons that have been coming to a head. And each week, the wife and I would sit down and thoroughly just, oh, wow. I, I can't even put into words how phenomenal this, this show is. It's, if you're unfamiliar, the story follows the actions of AC-12, which is an anti-corruption unit within the police led by Superintendent Ted Hastings and DI Steve Arnott as they investigate DCI Joanne Davidson and her team, including former AC-12 officer DI Kate Fleming. The show stars Kelly MacDonald, Martin Compton, Vicky McClaw, Adrian Dunbar, and Anna Maxwell-Martin. It is the best. If you like British cop shows, this is the best British cop show. And every episode, I love every minute of it. Now, here in Australia, if you want to check out Series 1 to 5, they're available on Netflix. Series 6, BritBox. I think it's the first time we've talked about the streaming service BritBox. This is another one that's entered the market here in Australia. British content. That's what makes it makes sense. <laughs> um, <laughs> Good time. Line Good time. of Duty. So ordinarily, each series would be made up of six episodes, but for the sixth series, there's seven episodes in total. And until it comes to Netflix, BritBox is the only place to check it out. But highly, highly recommend Line of Duty. It's the best. Well, as always, best. it is honestly, it's just the best. Like it, it's. You know, it is a cop show, but just shows in general, like the writing, the performances, the twists, the turns, it's incredible. Well, that's it for the recommend section. Now on to trivia. And I've gone to the Flintstones and I could have done the the sitcom thing about the the married couple in the bed for the first time in American television. But sure. I forgot about that. So instead, I've gone to the origins of the Flintstones. William Hanna wanted to do a family-style series, but he and Joseph Barbara couldn't agree on the setting or the costuming. Suddenly, Hanna exclaimed, let's do it in a caveman setting. They won't wear clothes. They'll just wear animal skins. After that great idea, everything then on perfectly fell into place. Nice. It all came down to costuming. They couldn't agree. <laughs> I like it. And on the back of that, we got the Flintstones. It's, it's funny that you, you went for Flintstones trivia because whilst you, I was listening to your recommend, I get it, 
uh, best British uh, cop show or whatever you said. Um, but I was just looking because I was curious at all the um, the different Flintstones television shows and stuff. There are so many. Um, but you were right. You had the Pebbles and Bam Bam show. There's um, There was a Flintstones comedy hour. There's the Flintstone kids, which is one you were talking about, like the young versions of Fred and Wilma and stuff. There was even a six episode Rubbles spinoff called The Rubbles. Amazing, man. Like, <laughs> so much. You so have much. Anyway. Binge, but you have been, right? Have a look because whether it's Scooby Doo or Flintstones, there is a lot of content on there. So a lot of what you've just mentioned there. Really? That's. Are going to be oh. on it. Check Ooh. it out. Recommends left, right, and center. <laughs> well, that's it for our movie show. Please go subscribe and download this podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And please leave us a review. It helps listeners just like you find the podcast. We're on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as That Films You Podcast. And all our episodes can be found on our website, thatfilmsyoupodcast.com. If you missed it, be sure to check out our recent review, Wrath of Man. And stay tuned for our upcoming review of Justice Society World War II. You've been listening to Luke and Jason, the guys from that film studio. See you soon.